Welcome back or welcome to the Learn Lab podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with us for these conversations. Today's conversation is with Dave Newell. Dave is the director of the Chidsey Center for Leadership Development at Davidson College in Davidson, North Carolina. Dave is also the owner and lead consultant of his own consulting firm, Evolve Leadership Consulting. I guarantee that you'll learn valuable insights for career decisions and how to be a generous person and how to be a builder versus a maintainer. Don't miss this conversation with Dave Newell. Dave, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So why don't why don't you uh, take us back and to like either your one of your critical decisions on where to head off into college if if that's what you did first after high school? What were you kind of what were you like? What was, what was Dave like in the end of high school? What were your interests? Maybe clubs? What? Who were you to paint a picture to kind of relate to our audience? Yeah, uh, as a as a high schooler, I was kind of a kid that was that really enjoyed everything other than the academics. Uh, I was super involved. I did choir, theater, uh, multi-sport athlete. Um, I really enjoyed kind of the social aspects of everything. Um, and you know, the academic side of it was fine. I did well, but, uh, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't super motivated by that. So, you know, kind of in the, the college hunt, you know, I was much more interested in, playing basketball than I was in anything else. And so, right. uh, I ended up, ended up going to a small liberal arts college, uh, to play, to play basketball for the most part. Um, That's awesome. and kind of, you know, so the critical decision for me, you know, wasn't, wasn't anything like I want to be this profession or I want to do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact that actually kind of perpetuated and continued itself into and through college. Uh, interesting yeah so sounds like you were a a good student but and you kind of had school figured out right yeah you know i did like school came pretty easily to me Mm -hmm. Uh, i was Mm -hmm. i was pretty blessed in that yeah Uh, and at the same time like i knew pretty quickly that i wasn't really interested in kind of math or science and i think i was pretty fortunate to have uh parents that were that were um cool to kind of let me let me explore different things. And so, like I said, the social side of it was really important to me. Um, I did a lot of different activities and at the same time, like I really enjoyed kind of like the English classes. I enjoyed anything that had to do with people quite frankly. So I spent a lot of my, I spent a lot of my time in high school studying or doing those types of things. And those things came a little bit more naturally to me. That's great. So were you, um, involved in leadership roles within either school, like maybe at the college level, like as like student affairs or student government, or did you get involved in like those kinds of things in addition to basketball? Yeah. So in college I was, uh, I became a member of a group called the peer assistants. Uh, and, uh, as peer assistants, we did like, um, we were kind of like peer counselors, so to speak. Right. Uh, So we were like students that other students could come to. We led a lot of workshops on like, you know, healthy dating habits, mm-hmm. uh, healthy sleeping, like group dynamics, different things like that. So, yeah. you know, in, in college, I kind of continued. I did. I, I joined a, a music band and really enjoyed that. Um, you know, we recorded some albums. We did some different things. That was nice. really cool. Nice. Uh, and you know, I played basketball. I was a captain of the basketball team by the time I was a by the time I was a senior, and we were pretty successful. So I spent a lot of time doing that. But you know, and in many ways, that kind of became my group uh, in terms of like social circles was, you know, we spent 
three plus hours a day together. Yeah. Months, so <laughs> that's <laughs> great though. Like you, you took on a lot of leadership roles. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Do you yeah. think, do you think, um, you know, what are the advantages of, of that for a student, even like college level, you know, stick there for, for a kid, you know, to take, you know, on those leadership roles or even just community, you know, aspects of being a part of a group, even if you don't have a clear path to career yet, you know, what, what kind of skills do you think you picked up out of doing that and immersing yourself in, in those, uh, within, within those groups? Yeah, you know, I'd say one of the things that I, I continually come back to now as a as an older person is, um, you know, what what I learned by engaging not only in sports but also like being a part of a choir or being a part of kind of any number of groups that I was in. Like I wasn't always the leader of the group yep. by position, yep. but I think what I learned about leadership is like everybody serves a role all the time, and so like what I've noticed now is as an adult as I enter into different teams or different, you know, like all the work I do is collaborative. I mean, yep. it's, it's rarely like Dave's by himself doing something. It's almost always like we're partnering with people or we're building collaborations or like there's, it's so relational. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what I realized is, you know, my involvements outside of the classroom is where I learned my relational skills. It's where I learned how to be part of a team. It's where I learned how to like, not dominate a conversation and just sit and listen. Sometimes it's where mm-hmm. I learned how to like know when to step in or know when to not to, you know, know when not to do that. So I'd say a lot of those extracurricular engagements is where I learned probably most of my life skills right. um, in terms of like how to just be a good person <laughs> and engage in a team. Well, and what yeah. that looks like. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess what, what I think like a good thread to like highlight there is, you know, we hear or me, I hear in education and, you know, you as well, I would imagine in higher ed that the collaboration and communication and, you know, all the others, critical thinking, creativity, all those, right. But sticking on collaboration for a moment. Um, yeah, that's one of those important skills that we need in the workplace. And we do that in education and uh, not to take away from what teachers do in the classroom because kids are put in groups, different groups, um, random ones and have the choice uh, on occasion too, all the time. And that's, that's great, you know, but I think it's important for, for us to hear that that is super critical to success. Right. And, um, I guess let's talk about what, what happened towards your end of college. Um, what, what did you have a direction at that point of like, all right, I'm going to get a job and, this business or I'm going to jump into a generalist type role and just, you know, I guess, where'd you go next? And what, what was some of those decision-making uh, processes? Yeah. You know, I probably should have, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, I came out of college probably just as confused as I did coming out of, coming out of high school. And I think, you know, for me, what it, there were a couple of things that I knew, um, but I didn't know how to like find that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing, you know, coming out of, coming out of high school, what I was most interested in was like humans and how they interact with each other. Like I, I, I started my college career as a psychology major mm-hmm. and psychology in college, at least in my school was very science-based. It was like, you know, like diving into how the brain works and statistics and all this stuff. And as I get into that, I'm like, yeah, but this isn't the human dynamic part. Like, 
where right. where's the relationships between people right and that's what i was most interested in and so i ended up becoming you know a small liberal arts school you have like pretty broad sounding majors and so <clears throat> i became a communication studies major and mm-hmm. the the thing I liked about that, it was very much about like how humans interact and why. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pieces I liked around that, it was, it was very, you know, like after about your sophomore year, you've learned most of the kind of foundational theories. And so after that, it becomes like the application of those theories. Cool. Uh, and so you get to design a lot of your own learning. Um, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, it sounds amazing. But my, you know, my sense of like what to do after college was like, I just want to work with people. Like, I don't, I couldn't get much more specific than that. Uh, I kind of just followed, like, I didn't really have a plan of like, I want to be in business. I want to be a nonprofit. Like I didn't really mm-hmm. care. I was just mm-hmm. like, where can I, where can I do something that'll pay me? Yeah. Literally it was that broad. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I did, had done a, I thought for a long time I wanted to go into like PR and marketing when I was in college. Cause I really liked creating messages and communicating with people. And I did an internship in, in PR and just didn't like it at all. I was mm. like, I don't like writing press releases. Like, I don't get it. Like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know? And so that internship was really helpful in that it kind of pushed me out of a career path that I thought I was going to like mm-hmm. uh, and totally didn't. And so, you know, after that internship, I floundered a little bit cause I didn't, I hadn't done another internship or found another experience where like I could step into a different profession. So sure. if I were able to go back and do college again, um, I would have been more intentional about having more internships or more lived experiences like that. That would have been really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after college, I ended up taking on a sales job at kind of like a branch out of Wells Fargo, um, which was fine. Like I learned a ton about financial things that I had no idea coming out of college. So I really mm-hmm. appreciated that aspect of it, but it really wasn't for me. Like I just sure. really didn't like it. And so I ended up doing the polar opposite uh, I spent a year working at Wells Fargo. And then after that, I did an AmeriCorps program for a okay. year. Um, wow. So I kind of like went from, you know, the starting salary plus bonuses, you know, feeling pretty good about my life to making like 700 bucks a month and living in an apartment for 500 bucks and living on food stamps. And like, wow. I, I loved that. Like that yes. was so me. Um, and that was just a really life changing experience for me. Um, I really, it's where I got into kind of the community organizing side uh, I actually was working at a, uh, as an AmeriCorps member at a higher ed institution in Western Washington called Bellingham, Washington or Western mm-hmm. Washington university. Cool. Uh, and so what I became as a community organizer, I found you know, it was the ultimate people job. It was yeah. like, okay, I'm working with college students who want to have hands-on experience. So I'm partnering with a faculty member who has a certain learning outcome that they want to achieve for these students here's a nonprofit organization that could use some service. Let's get those three together and figure out how we can turn this into something. And so that was my job for a year and I loved it. Wow. I absolutely loved it. And so, you know, at that point, the second year I was out in Washington, I, I moved into the manager position, oversaw like 16 different AmeriCorps members. And then I moved back to Minnesota, which is where I'm originally from. Um, and started working at my alma mater doing community organizing work. I was the director of community service ultimately. Um, and then, you know, kind of that position morphed over time. I worked there for about a decade. Uh, and in working there, my job changed four times and ultimately ended up being both service and leadership. Wow. Uh, and so it's just been, you know, for me, it's been, uh, I've just kind of followed the path wherever it's really taken me, um, and been willing to, 
been willing to kind of just see what's next, you know? That's awesome. Um, great summary there. And, and maybe, well, I, I really love how like you stayed true to your authentic, like Dave, you know, like, Hey, this is me. Like I could be a banker, but I don't, I'm not going to be a banker. Right. Like you, you had a critical decision there, right? Like if you didn't, weren't, you know, self-aware and reflective and also like can, could say to yourself, it's not worth the money right now. Right. Or, or at all, like, you know, and at that point in your life, it's still like, you know, that's, I think what 20 somethings it's all about, like it, it's about trying on the fit. If you, if you hadn't had that opportunity in college, you know, so that's, you know, an opportunity that colleges, you know, maybe need to take, um, you know, get into hands of kids more, uh, quickly, like freshman year, you know, Hey, you, you don't need all these, this content right now. Like, let's just get you in the field and doing some work, whatever that field may be. But, um, you know, that's neither here nor there, but I thought, I love how, like, you know, you stay true to yourself, you know, and that's, um, you know, I don't know if you had that thought, like at that time, you know, when you were making those decisions, but, um, anything there, like that was just like, worth sharing you know worth sharing or diving into more for for kids like a strategy to like how to how to do that you know i mean because a lot of people don't you know they have a 10-year career and like how did i get here you know yeah no it's a really good question and i you know i don't think there's like a no there's no magic pill for formula for that i know no universal answer to that that makes sense to everybody but for me like i was i've never been motivated by money like Mm -hmm. my whole life i just like i'm fine you know, yeah. like I've always been fine. Like I said, I lived on food stamps and I seriously loved that. Yeah. For me, it was like insight into, like, I grew up in kind of a, you know, not like a, I was middle class, but probably lower middle class. Like we, we didn't have a lot. Like we just, we had what we needed and we were fine. Yeah. So I think I just grew up with like a really humble, yeah. humble background. Yeah. Like not poor. Like we were never, yeah. we were never concerned about like, are we going to be able to eat or not? Right. Like I didn't have the fancy clothes. Like I wasn't the cool kid that had everything that whatever. And it's just like money never motivated me. Right. And so for me, like part of working at the bank is like, there was such an incentive for like money. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, you know, it was nothing against them. Like, or the people I worked with, they were great people. It's just the model. But yeah, it was just a different motivation. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't get behind it, you know? And I, I quit, I quit that job 11 months into it without knowing what was next. And that like freaked out my parents and freaked out everybody, you know, but at the time I was like, I can't, I honestly can't do this. Like I can't be in this space anymore. Yeah. Knowing what I know. Like, so I've never been motivated by money. I've always been motivated by adding value. Yeah. So like anywhere I go and anything I do, I want to be able to add value. And so now for me, it's like, I asked the question of like, what, what value can I bring? Yeah. Yeah. And I bring it here. And if yep. I can't, I'm, I need to not be here. Like mm-hmm. I'm the wrong person in the wrong environment. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Like, I'm totally okay with walking away from that. The, then my question becomes, well, who do I know who can add value here? And how do I get that person connected to this group? Yeah. And so for me, it's become less about like work as a profession. Mm-hmm. There's a really great um, author. His name's Parker Palmer. And he talks about like, you can't separate soul from role. And basically what he's saying is like, no matter what job you're in, you're going to bring yourself into it, whether you want to or not. So like yep. you're going to bring yourself into it. So yeah, you know, that's a great saying. 
Yeah, it becomes like an alignment issue. It becomes like a, where's the place that I can best bring myself? Like, mm-hmm. where I most be who I am. Yeah. And, you know, just keep poking holes until you find it. Yeah, that's awesome. There's another saying, uh, is it uh, wherever you go, there you are? Right? Yeah. I, I, and, you know, like that just kind of reminded me of what you just said. Um, yeah. yeah, so awesome. So, you know, I guess uh, fast forward maybe a bit or jump back to like how you ended up at uh, Davidson College. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, like I said, I worked at my alma mater for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my job shifted quite a few times. Um, and actually, you know, the, the school that I worked at um, was experiencing some difficulty and they were cutting some things that like I really cared about, um, you know, in the education world, that's just kind of the nature of it at times. It's like, all right, you know, we still want you to add all this value. We still want you to do all these great things. Just do it with half the budget. And you're like, okay, I can't, I yeah. can only do that for so long Yeah. You know, before that becomes just disheartening and problematic. And so, for me, I, I kind of outgrown the position that I was in. I was much like the community service side. Like I felt like I had contributed what I could mm-hmm. that it just needed somebody else. Like my, my, um, I'm a, I tend to be more of a creative person. Like I kind of view myself as a builder, mm. uh, not a maintainer. And right. so my job was kind of scaling back into maintenance. Right. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm not, I can't get motivated by this. I love the people. I love this place. And I just, I'm not, I can't be motivated by that. And so the opportunity at Davidson came up where um, I get to be the director of the center that was directorless for two years. And so it was kind of like, it had gone through this, like it had been around for 10 years. And so director left and it was like, let's take some time. You know, kudos to them for just taking the time mm-hmm. to process. Like, what do we really want this to be? Uh, and so they brought me on. And for me, it was a really, like it was hard to say goodbye to the community that we've been a part of for so long. Yeah. And at the same time, it was like, here's an opportunity to really build this thing and dive into leadership development. And what does that mean? And so I've, I've been, you know, basically for the last year and a half kind of rebuilding a center in many ways. Wow. And just thoroughly enjoying that. Yeah. I love that uh, phrase builder versus a maintainer. That's, that's a pretty yeah. unique one to me. That's awesome. I love it. And certainly, uh, you know, a thread for like kids that like think about or anyone to think about, you know, like, well, what do I want to do? You know, am I creative? Do I want to uh, apply design thinking? Do I want to, you know, create something from scratch or add on to at the least? Um, you know, I love, I love it. Um, so take us through, take us through like a typical week or, you know, I mean, your, your work I would imagine is very project oriented. So like every day it might be different. Um, so, you know, if it's a day, a week, a month, you know, how, do you, how could you best describe, uh, your role right now and, and what, um, what you do for the, for the community at, at Davidson? Yeah. Yeah. I think good question. Uh, like you said, it does, it does change. Like, you know, the summers are really mellow, which I like, mm-hmm. uh, there's a kind of a strong ebb and flow, but yeah. I said really kind of three, three major facets in which, um, I engage students in leadership development. So one is through um, what I call just kind of experiential, what most would call experiential learning. And so every Monday night, I've got 48 students that I then broken into three groups of 16 and we run it kind of like a class. It's like, mm-hmm. here's a concept, here's the hands-on experience, feedback for each other, reflection for each other. What are you learning? Like we kind of, and we do that all year long. 
Uh, and so I have 48 students for three years ultimately. So it's a really unique program in that sense that like I get you as a sophomore, first semester sophomore, and you know, we let you go, but when you're, when you're a graduating senior, and so we can really do some deep dives, which is great. Um, so there's this kind of like teaching classroom aspect to it. Uh, the other piece then is I have created what I call action learning circles. So much like learning groups in different environments, like I put students kind of mixed between sophomores, juniors, and seniors who are interested in a particular topic. They form a group and then we, you know, kind of send them prompts and give them learning environments, but they learn together. So it's small group learning. And then the third and final component is just one-on-one coaching. So I coach in part because, you know, um, coaching has become such a part of the fabric of like how business runs. Like something we're, we're constantly asking is like, are we preparing our students for life after college? Um, and so one of the things that I've been trying to do with them is just like action learning circles is a thing. Like people yeah. do that, people do that in work environments. Coaching is a thing where right? like yeah. class learning isn't as much. Yeah. Like how do I take, how do I take leadership lessons and leadership opportunities and just make it very real. And so yeah. the other, the other nuance I'll say about our curriculum is like, I don't do case studies that aren't, aren't built from our current student population. So all of our case studies come from like, what's an organization that you're leading and what's a problem that you're facing and how might we apply this leadership principle to that thing? And so we try to make it really grounded in their reality as opposed to some reality for someone else, right? Like I'm not trying to teach them business principles. I'm trying to teach them like how to solve a problem where they are. Yeah. And I think that's a paradigm shift from a lot of kind of college leadership development programs. Yeah, that that's uh, sounds like an amazing program. Wish I could have experienced that in my undergrad days. I wish um, I was ready for it in my undergrad days. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I was ready for it either, but geez, like just to yeah have that opportunity. Um, uh, heck, for all I know, maybe it was there and I missed it too. But <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure right. it was, there, but I just didn't. I didn't yeah. Know. <laughs> um, cool. So, so in your preparation for like, or in, excuse me, let me rephrase that in, in the work you're doing to prepare kids for their careers and, and their future and our unknown or ambiguous future with how fast technology and business world is changing and things like that. Um, what are you noticing today or what do you think are the most, uh, essential skills that kids need to develop? Yeah. You know, that's a really good question. I think to me, it's become less about skills and it's become more about mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, I don't, you know, like our students, when they first come into the leadership development program are like, I want leadership skills. Mm-hmm. My response almost always is like, I don't know what those are. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do that for you because leadership to me is so contextual and so situational. Yeah. But it's like, I can't honestly, like, I don't even define it. I'm like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to define what leadership is because you need to do that for you. You need to figure out like, Let's what does that mean to you? What's and your vision for it? Exactly. Like, what is it? Like, what's a model that resonates with you? Mm-hmm. And do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Do that thing. Learn how to do that in every environment that you're in all the time. And so one of my, one of the quotes that kind of changed my life was a few years ago, I read this book called Heroic Leadership by an author named Chris Loney. He was studying the Jesuit understanding. Jesuit's like a branch of Catholicism. It's very service oriented and they have four principles for leadership. And the first one is we're all leading all the time, either well or poorly. 
Mm-hmm. And I really liked that phrase because it, it took leadership from this kind of like big amorphous thing that we like try to obtain to like, no, it's happening right now. Like it's, it's not later, it's now. And it's now, right? Yeah. Like and I think a lot of high schoolers and I think a lot of college kids think about like leadership as later. Yeah. Like, oh, it's this thing that like, well, once I'm in the work world, then I'll be a leader. Like, yeah. no. Or someone promotes you or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's too late for you at that point. Yeah. Like, True. Start building that stuff now. So for me, it's a mindset. Like for me, you know, if you've read Carol Dweck's stuff around mm-hmm. like yep. versus growth mindset, like I, that's where I push people. It's like, how do you iterate? How do you fail? How do you just learn more all the time? Like just constantly be learning right. things and do that with a, with a lens towards value. And so I, I frame leadership as, um, but the way I talk about leadership is leadership is a choice. And so what are the choices that you can make mm-hmm. so for our leadership students? We kind of break that down into four choices. And so the four choices are choose possibility because it's just way more fun. Yeah, <laughs> love that. And it helps us solve problems and it helps us see opportunity Two is choose connection. Like nobody leads in a vacuum. It's all about relationships all the time. Uh, three is uh, choosing contribution. So just add value wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Anybody can add value. And sometimes the value is not saying anything. Yeah. Sometimes the value is speaking up when you don't want to. Like sometimes it's calling somebody out who's not, who's like, you know, using, using sexist language. Like that's a contribution in that space. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's hard, but like make a contribution wherever you are. Right. The last one is the last choice that we invite people into is um, choose challenge. Yeah. Like it's really, it's really easy to choose things that are easy, right? Like that are safe, that are simple, that we know that we're comfortable with. Like mm-hmm. that's fine. Do that when you need to do that. When you need to recharge, do that when you need to feel safer and balanced, or if you're not right, like you need to get right, choose safe and then come back into challenge. Like what are the things that push you? And if you can make, if you can identify when you step into those four choices and you can make those choices as often as you can, like you'll live a really good life serving people no matter what environment you're in. Yeah. So for me, it's less about skills. It's more about like, are you conscious of and aware of the choices that are available to you to be a leader and then make those choices? Yeah. I love it. Like the mindset piece is, is perfect. It's, it's, it truly is more about that. If you have that in line towards, um, you know, the growth mindset and, and adding value to, your your organization your role as whatever it may be could be the the lowest entry level position in the organization you know could be the bus boy you know at a restaurant you know you you can certainly own own your own restaurant one day if you have the right mindset and 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 approach it with the um uh the openness to learning and embracing every single experience within that, within that role. Um, well, just, it. To, just to add one more piece. Yeah, that, of course. I think that's where the challenge piece for me comes in. Yeah. Like I've started, you know, as I've been working with CEOs, business owners, whoever, it's like the skill that they all have, the thing that they all have is a propensity for running to trouble. Mm. Like, I think like the, the people that kind of stay where they're at in any organization, it's because like they avoid the difficult, yeah. So it's like, Oh, this is broken. Well, I'm sure somebody else will take care of it. <laughs> like, no, like 
those are the, like the person who sees that as a problem and sees it as an opportunity and sees it as a way to engage people and sees it as an opportunity to make a contribution yep. and it does it like those are the people who grow those are the people who become business owners those are the people who like, make those decisions so like to me the most fundamental thing the most fundamental choice is like hey i saw a challenge i'm gonna do something about it yeah and whether you know what you're doing or not it's pretty irrelevant yeah you'll figure it out as you go yeah it's the it's the energy it's the momentum it's the mentality of i should do something yeah i love it yeah you're uh you're running towards towards the issue versus away from it. Um, and in your organization, you can be seen as a linchpin as, you know, Seth Godin describes in that, in his, in his book, linchpin. Um, certainly uh, great, great analogy there, Dave. I love it. Um, do you, so you, you mentioned it a little bit right now and it maybe be something to, to talk about more since it's part of what you do today. Um, your consulting organization. So you work, you're working with CEOs and I, I sense you're, you're bringing uh, value to them by helping them solve their problems and build community within their organization, perhaps, or to uh, their clients. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit and give us a, what that, cause that work is similar, but maybe different than your work at Davidson. Yeah. You know, honestly, it, there are a lot of inroads between it. Mm -hmm. They're they're really similar in terms of kind of what, what the contribution is. I mean, honestly, like my role in working with, with companies is I tend to just be a really, uh, a thinking partner, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a lot of, it's a lot about mindset. It's more nuanced than like general leadership development. Um, but you know, I, I kind of use the phrase a lot. Like I hope, I hope businesses not work in the business, but work on the business. So mm -hmm. it's kind of just like, let's step out and look at stuff a little bit bigger. And so this is where like, um, the idea of, um, the, the idea of kind of like container setting, you know, like a lot of times, like what happens in a business is they're so busy working in the weeds and they're so busy doing their jobs mm -hmm. that like stuff breaks and assumptions start happening and like people stop communicating about stuff. And then it's like, well, you said you were going to do this and you know, yeah. I thought we we're going to be doing this. And then I, what, you know, so like things just break down. And that's normal. Like we just kind of get into work and then we get distracted and we get busy and stuff's going on. I'm sure it happens for high school students and college students as well. Yeah. You know, what I offer ultimately is just an opportunity for people to step back and say like, okay, so we're making some assumptions. Like what are the narratives that we have? Because right now it's all, it's a collection of individual narratives. And how do we make those narratives one story? Right? Yeah. Like how do we start to see it as like all those narratives aren't that misaligned what's what's the common thread between those and so you can do that work anywhere mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, a good friend of mine a, a co-facilitator of mine uses this analogy and i love it um he talks about like if you when you were a kid did you ever do the little dot to dot drawings you know like where you follow like one through a hundred or whatever and you can see all the dots and he's like all we do is like the dots are all there he's like all we're doing is making a connection between the dots and then pretty soon a picture emerges and everybody can see it so it's like, all we're doing is illuminating the picture. And I'm Love like, yeah, that's, a, that's a really brilliant analogy. Yeah. Because it's like, we, we're not missing any dots. We have all the dots that we need. It's yeah. just, we're, we're all, we're all looking at our own individual dot instead of the collective dot. And so, um, so I'd say the consulting work that I do is mostly aiding people and seeing what those, what the image is and putting mm -hmm. all those dots together. Mm -hmm. I love it. That that's a great analogy. 
And uh, thanks for sharing that work. So I guess the one thing to maybe uh, to, to add there is when did you know or feel like you were ready to start branching out and doing that work? And, and, you know, part of that answer too, maybe like you never really know if you're ready, right. You know, like imposter syndrome comes up and you're like, should I do this or should I not, you know, but ah, heck I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. But, but, um, you know, that piece, uh, cause, cause there's a lot of talk now about the gig economy and like, you know, people are freelancing and doing work or trying to build businesses and, yeah. and whatnot, but like, you can't just go into that without experience, you know, like, so, yeah. um, you know, you can't be a, a leader, right. If you've never led, right. You know, like, Oh, I want to go in and build vision statements and help, you know, like your, your work. I want to help these organizations connect the dots. I know I'm good at doing that. Um, but are you, you know, like, when are you ready? You know, and you might not know, but like, so maybe talk about that. You know, I mean, I can sense you have a growth mindset. You, you know, are certainly, um, uh, a, a builder and a person who wants to add value for the people you connect with, you know, I mean, even just by you being here this evening, you know, chatting with me, you know, so it's, um, you know, like, I just wonder like when would somebody might know they're ready to do that, you know, as like, all right, you know, 15 years after I do X, Y, Z in the business world, I think maybe that's what I want to do. You know, I guess that's the part like kids might, come out like ready to shoot for the moon, you know, and that's a great saying you'll land among the stars, right. You know, to finish that phrase, but like, you know, you can't come out and expect, expect that all right away, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely some work behind it. Like yeah. there's definitely some, some skill building and fine tuning and nuanced, like learning about a particular thing. Yep. Um, you know, whatever that is, that could be sure. math, engineering, science, you know, whatever. Um, but I think the, I think for me, stepping into the consulting business was really by accident in many ways and actually really shocking to me <laughs> um, because I'd never in my life thought I was going to be a business owner. And it started in my like early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was two things. One is I was at a, I had these two guys that were alumni of the college that I was working at, put out a, a call for additional facilitators um, they had been, to, you know, they, they did a lot of training and development in like large corporations, like fortune 100 companies. And they're doing like sales training. I've literally never sold anything at this point in my life. Like other than the one year I worked at Wells Fargo and didn't do very well. Right. But, um, and some like, but I knew these guys and I really appreciated kind of how they like their just energy and their way they brought themselves into business or whatever. And so, you know, I put my hat in the ring and I ended up working with them you know, and I, it was me transitioning from working with college students to working with adult learners, which is a really different, yeah. it's a really different way of operating. I mean, not, not super disparate, but like different enough where it's like, it takes different skills. It takes different things. Yep. So simultaneously as that was happening, I ended up going to this training and in, and it was this three day long, like really intense, this really intense training it was really powerful. And I ended up just kind of sitting next to this woman and she was sharing her problems and we were talking about things. And she was like, would you ever come, would you ever come and do that work with my team? Like what you're talking about? Like, I love what you're talking about. Like, would you ever come and do that with us? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. Like, great. That'd be awesome. She's like, well, what do you charge? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I've never been asked that question. I have no idea. You know, whatever you have, <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that question yeah, at the yeah. time. 
you know, so like in some ways I kind of just said, yes, like I just said, yes. Like, I don't know. I honestly had no idea what I was doing. Like I'd never done that before, but like she saw something that I didn't see or that I hadn't become aware of yet. And she said like, would you do this? And I said, okay. And from that point on, like I've started, like that's where the value piece comes from. It's like, there's a value that I can bring to people that is beneficial to them that they will actually pay me for. And so like that has just been a really interesting journey. Um, and that's changed and I've gained skills in different ways. And like, I've definitely become better at it. Um, and I've definitely learned from a lot of like massive saying yes to something and probably I shouldn't have, um, because it was like, okay, I kind of got in over my head here. But the other advantage, like the other piece around that is when you step in and you say yes to the unknown is is it increases your reliance on the people around you. And why that matters is because the people around you know a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They're brilliant. They're amazing. They see things that are experienced in different ways. And it's like, the more you say like, Hey, people who are around me, who I value and appreciate, I don't know what I'm doing. I said yes to something and I'm terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, well, have you thought about this? And what about the street? And like this community kind of comes around you. And that in itself is just absolutely incredible. But I wouldn't have experienced that had I not said yes to this opportunity. And so, I mean, like for me, that, that kind of like year of life as I was kind of stepping into this, like learning consulting from these other guys, but also kind of stepping into my own thing, like was absolutely one of the, I would refer to it as the most transformative year of my life. Um, in part because I, I learned a ton about myself because I was stepping into the unknown, mm-hmm. but knowing, but having enough confidence in what I'm capable of that I wasn't like so scared. I was definitely like, I don't know what I'm doing. I should probably figure this out. Yeah. Um, But I wasn't so petrified by it that I was like, or so anxious because of it that I couldn't function. Right. 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 I think there was this balance between, um, well, I think the reliance on the community and like having people around me that I felt like I could say like, okay, I said yes to this, help me figure this out. Yeah. Um, Yeah was really powerful. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I kind of fell into it. Yeah. I mean, had that woman not said, um, you don't know, right? Yeah. Like, would you come do this with our team? Like had she not said that I probably wouldn't have my own business right now. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Right. Uh, Serendipity, right. Or the world works in mysterious ways and puts us where we need to be in some, some facet. You could kind of say that upon reflection. Um, and the truth is like, I still keep in touch with her. Yeah, that's great. What, six years later now. Yeah. And I've still like, I've found so many ways to give back to her mm-hmm. uh, just because like without her really even, you know, having any intent to like do that for my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Without even knowing it, she totally transformed my life. So yeah. I, I try to, I try to pay back whenever I can. That's great. You're a great guy, Dave. Um, glad to know you. So yes. So, you, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So to, to close uh, today, what, what would you assign it? Anybody, kid, high, college, high school kid, um, person looking to explore this type of career and this type of work, what kind of project would you assign them for our listeners? What's their homework? That's a really good question. Um, and I think, uh, 
a philosophy that I, I fully ascribe to is that questions are more transforming than answers. And so um, I would say like equip yourself, like my assignment to them would be like, come up with five questions that really just kick your butt mm. uh, that you know, you can't have the answer to, but you can spend your life pursuing. That's awesome. So some of my favorite questions are what are the what are my contributions to the very things I complain about? Um, uh-huh. That one's brilliant. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, <laughs> it's brilliant, though. <laughs> I love that question. You know, and, I, and another set of questions that I like, and they kind of build on each other, is I get annoyed by the question of like, "Well, who are you?" And I think kids get asked that question a lot. Yeah, that's kind of an unfair question. Like that's right. a big answer. And so my my pushback is well, just make it then kind of nuanced, which is like, who are you in your least favorite class? Who mm-hmm. are you when you're in your friend group? Who are you when you're at home? You know, and like those, so like start to just think about those questions. Like, who am I becoming? Yeah. Um, I think are really good questions. Uh, so yeah, you know, and, and questions strike people differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Einstein was asked um, if you had an hour to solve the world's toughest problem, how would you spend your time? And he said, I spend the first 55 minutes coming up with the right question because if I have the right question, you know, then I know that the answer will matter. And so it's like, so my assignment to students would be like, fine. Like if it's a profession, you know, like I think sometimes we look at the wrong target. Yeah. Sometimes the target isn't a profession, but it's, it's, it's really honestly answering the question of like, what do you want to do with your life? And that thing shouldn't have an end. So mm-hmm. there's a really good example. I have a, a conversation with pre-med students all the time about this. I'll say, what do you want to do with your life? I want to be a doctor. Why do you want to be a doctor? I want to help people. Okay. You can help someone cross the street. Why do you want to be a doctor? Mm. And it's like, oh, um, I don't know. And you're like, well, is it because your parents told you that that's a really great profession? Is it because it's, it pays well? Is it because it's prestigious? Is it because you love science? Like what, <laughs> like, why do you want to be a doctor? And if, yeah. then if the reason, you know, my brother's a doctor and he's a really good one and it's not to be critical of doctors. It's like, once you become a doctor, then it's over. Mm. Then what, then what yes. are you going to do with your life? So yeah. like, instead of saying like, I want to be a doctor, think about what's, what's the vision in your life that doesn't have an end. So like you're an educator, Adam, yep. and like yep. you will always be an educator whether you want to be or not. Like it's yep. just for you. Yep. So like, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, it doesn't matter if you're a supervisor, it doesn't matter if you work at Walmart, like you will teach people. Mm-hmm. You will educate people. It's just part of your DNA. I love learning. Exactly. And teaching. Yep. Exactly. So like, if you know so sometimes the students when i'm asking them like why do you want to be a doctor they'll say things like well i just i love helping people live healthy lives Mm. i want people to live in health like beautiful great be a doctor be a nurse practitioner be a pa be a really good neighbor you can do that wherever so like just whatever platform whatever profession allows you to do that thing to the best of your ability do that yeah that profession so like instead of the profession as the target figure out what do i really want to do with my life and what's the blessed platform right now mm-hmm. for me to do that right so like for me through you know as you've kind of asked through my journey like 
that has out like I, I kind of refer to myself as a gardener. Like I'm mm. a seed planter. Like I, I will nurture that seed and if it bears fruit, great. And if it doesn't, I'm just gonna keep planting seeds, right? So yeah. it's a it's challenging people, it's bringing people together, and that has taken multiple shapes in my life, and that's fine. Right? Yeah. That's it's less neat. about it's less about who's paying me or whatever. It's more about like, am I doing the work that really matters? Man, that's the best advice I think anybody could listen to right now. That's amazing. Great work, Dave. Home run. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, Do you have anything else to sign us off with or uh, we ended on that mic drop? (laughs) (laughs) No, that was really great. I I just appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, you know, if, anybody wants to follow up, have a conversation. I'm happy to do that as well. Yep. Uh, we'll make, we'll make sure we uh, get your LinkedIn profile there. If anyone wants to reach out, yeah. it's Dave Newell on LinkedIn and uh, again, director of Chitsi center for leadership and development and the owner and lead consultant at evolve leadership consulting. So thanks again, Dave. Yeah, you rock. I appreciate it. Yep.